We have been out and about for a few weeks now, and I think it has to do a little bit with how hard it has been to coordinate episodes while we're away. Like, we didn't, I mean, we knew it was going to be hard, but we didn't know it was going to be this hard, and schedules, but also just, like, coming up with ideas when we're not together is kind of hard, because we're usually, our ideas came out of, you know, hanging out and then being like, oh, this should be a podcast episode or like oh let's talk to this person and then we just make up a topic around a person we want to bring out so we haven't been able to do that but today we thought we would just spend a good 45 minutes talking about the topic that we know the best which is ourselves (laughs) we also recorded an episode a couple weeks ago but it was late at night and we were both very low energy and it just kind of (laughs) fizzled I guess looking back it wasn't as great as we wanted it to be so you know we only want to produce the most high quality <laughs> stuff content of yeah. course yeah it kind of fell flat a little bit but uh, we're back with so much energy we're ready to go so today inspired by Oprah's favorite things Audrey and I made a list a category a list of categories of just like random things very well thought out things other more random things um, that we want to talk about, what our favorites are in those categories. So, like, we have things like our favorite world world leader, our favorite kind of tree, our favorite city, our favorite cake flavor, et cetera, et cetera. So we're just going to go through this list, you know, answer some things about ourselves, but also, I don't know, maybe this will work for you guys. Woot! What, what? Should we just then dive right in? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, let's begin with you. Number one. First category. Favorite root vegetable. Mine. Mine is the sweet potato, which I know you disapprove of. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) I hate sweet potatoes, everyone. I just can't stand them. I've tried them in all their forms. The worst kind, I think, it's like sweet potato mash. That I just can't live with. Oh, come on. Sort of tolerate is like sweet potato fries, which is like if you put a bunch of ketchup on it, it's just fine, but rather not. Ooh. They're so good for you and beautiful. The color is so delicious. Anyway. Okay. What's yours? Well, I had to Google this because I wasn't sure which vegetables or root vegetables and for some reason the potato didn't come up like the normal potato i think it's because it's technically not a vegetable oh it's a starch well during my googling i found that asparagus is a as a root vegetable so i went with asparagus because i love myself a good asparagus 
That's a good yeah. one. I had really good yeah. asparagus soup yesterday. Oh, that sounds delicious. really good. Mm-hmm. Where was it from? It was this like bakery or this like restaurant that my mom and I went to get coffee and I had some soup mm-hmm. and it was delicious. Nice. That sounds so good. All right. Category number two is our favorite Instagram personality. Yeah. Do you like to go first? Go ahead. Sure. Uh, mine is Mark Ruffalo. He is um, the light of my day, you know, my favorite man, my favorite... Well, I don't know if he's my favorite actor or not, but he's just my favorite type of person. Mm-hmm. It's just everything I've ever wanted in one person. And his Instagram, he, like, is such a dad on it, and he'll just record videos of his face, like, really zoomed into his face, uh, talking, and, like, he's just be like, hey, guys, um, how's it going? And then he, he's, like, a, and then he's also, like, a huge activist. He, he really advocates for, like the against the Dakota um, access pipeline so he'll post a lot about that which is so great and then he's always like black lives matter and all these beautiful things and she's just 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 such a dad and he uses his Instagram as a tool for for change you know so I Mm -hmm. really like him and he's also really cute because he always he makes videos really often just like thanking his fans and his supporters he'll just be like yeah he's like whoa can't believe we're at one million now thank you everyone that follows me and I'm like I was like, I love you, Marky. It's okay. So sweet. Yeah. Well, my favorite is Richard P. Burr of the Great British Bake Off season. I want to say like season four, season five. Um, I can't tell you. Oh, he's just the sweetest little person. He, if you're not familiar, he was a contestant on one of the on my favorite season of the Great British Bake Off. And he has an Instagram where he, like, he posts a lot about his his kids, which are really cute, like, baking for and with his kids. And Aww. he has a really cute dog. And then he also just posts pictures of the things he bakes with, like, really long captions about how he made them. And he's just, he was my favorite on the show, and now I get to follow him on, on Instagram. And he also keeps up with a bunch of the other contestants from that season, so you get, like, reunion pictures check it out if I you're love a fan. that so much wait Audrey little parentheses so as you as you probably know if you listen to our podcast regularly Audrey and I are dressed up as Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry from the Great British Bake Off for Halloween last year so the other day I don't know oh yeah I was looking through my photos and I found this video of me dressed up as Paul Hollywood completely by myself in like a New York City bus and then I thought it was so funny and then um so a bunch of people saw it like over here at school in, in BA and someone was talking about it, and then this guy, there's only one, actually I think there's two, but there's like one British guy in the program, and then he he, he comes up to me, he's like, are you talking about the greatest show ever made, The Great British Rick Off? <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, yes, I actually am. Um, and he's like, isn't it the best show on TV? And I was like, yeah, it totally is. And then... And then I told, well, because everyone that was talking about my costume, like, had no idea who I dressed up as. Like, didn't know who it was. So he was like, and I was like, oh, my God, you're going to know. So I said, I showed him the picture, and he just was, like, dying laughing. He's like, this is so <laughs> That's amazing. No, I'm getting. He, he thought you were the most realistic looking one. Sweet. Because you were. I'm, I'm getting a lot of messages from people who have started watching it. Like, I have a friend who just started watching it, and he's like, it's amazing, I can't believe I waited this long. And then I got a text from <laughs> another friend saying, wait, you're obsessed with this show, right? Because I'm obsessed. And Annie was, 
Annie was in town last weekend and um, in, mm. in New York, and we watched an entire season in one weekend, which is a little bit pathetic, but also amazing. It's not hard to do. It's just like you kind of get into it. <laughs> it's like 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I can't say I haven't done it before. No, it's very Lovely. good. Okay, let's see. Next category is our favorite train ride slash plane ride slash bus ride ever taken. Yeah, so I have a couple for this one. Um, one was like the first time I rode a train when I arrived in Scotland. So I like oh. took, I took a ferry from Northern Ireland over to Scotland and then I took a train to um, Glasgow. And just that train, it's just beautiful countryside, and I was just so excited to be there. And I also just, like, had this realization as I was on the train, it's super nerdy, but, like, so Hogwarts is located in northern Scotland, and the students every year take a train there. So I was like, oh my god, I'm taking, I'm riding a train in Scotland, this is what the students of Hogwarts do. (laughs) And I just, like, started tearing up, so... (laughs) That was one of my favorites. And then another, another was just, um, like, flying into Dublin for that same trip. It was, like, 7 in the morning, and the sun was rising, and it it's oh. so green. And I was, like, no, I was just I so excited to get there. So just, like, seeing as we were landing, just, like, seeing that country was just beautiful. Well, I, I can't really think of, like, a pleasant plane ride because I feel like I have had so many just traumatic plane ride experiences, but um, I took, I actually have one for each category, I think. I thought really hard about it, and I came up with something. For the train, uh, my friends and I once took a train from Frankfurt in Germany to Amsterdam, and it was like, I think it was longer than it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be four hours, but it ended up being like seven, because I don't know, there's traffic or something. I don't know how there's traffic on a train, but I don't know, there was something happening. Um, but it was, like, the nicest train ride I've ever taken. It was so beautiful. And then Germany has these, like, giant, like, yellow fields of, like, some sort of, I don't know what it is, but they make, like, oil out of it, whatever that plant is. Um, and there's, like, giant, giant fields of it, and it's so beautiful. It's all yellow, and then there's, like, the sky, and the train was just really relaxing, and, and we, like, uh, ended up making friends on the train, and then we were playing cards the whole way there, so it was just a really fun time. And then bus ride, um, I took the bus actually back from that same route, but I took the bus ride back, and that was really nice. Um, and I also recently went on another bus ride uh, from Buenos Aires to Mendoza, which is on the, I went from the east side of Argentina to the west side, and that was really nice too. It was a beautiful, beautiful bus ride. Um, and then for plane ride, this is really hard for me. I've had a lot of traumatic experiences, as I said, but when I took... I went um, to Mexico City with my family, I think not last summer, but the summer before that, and it was just, like, seven of us, like, my my mom and my sisters and then my cousins and my grandma, no, it must have been more, like, 12, almost 10 or 12 of us, and we were all on the same plane, right, and we were all, like, sitting next to each other, so it was so much fun just to have everyone, like, the whole fam on the, on the plane, so th- those are mine. Nice. All right, next. Favorite outfit or article of clothing? Ooh. Okay, let's see where I'm interested. Um, 
I just came up with an article of clothing and it was pretty easy, just um, the turtleneck. <laughs> Duh. And everything it symbolizes. <laughs> yeah, we're really passionate about turtlenecks. They're just like, they're just like a hug on mm. a shirt. You know? Of your neck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like neck hugs, they're just something else, you know. I can't really describe it. It's a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't write turtleneck. I feel like it's because I'm in summer mode right now mm-hmm. um, over on this hemisphere. So I haven't really thought about uh, turtlenecks in a while, which is kind of sad. Um, but I wrote down this shirt that I have. You probably know of it. It's like a black shirt that I kind of cut. And it's it's like a sun and a moon drawing thing. Um, and I got it in the pyramids in Mexico, in the Teotihuacan like, ruins, the Mayan ruins. And I got it there, and I love that shirt. I, like, wear it all the time. Um, and, like, Nicole, my friend Nicole also loves it, and she would also always borrow it um, last semester. Like, she would wear it all the time. And I just, like, love it. It just brings me happiness whenever I wear it. I, like, wear it for everything. I wear it out, and then I wear it to, like, class, and I wear it to bed sometimes because it's so comfortable. So that's a good shirt. I like that shirt. Yes. Um, all right. Favorite fictional character. This is so hard. I was yeah. trying to think, and I could only think of like recent things I've seen or read or watched. Like I couldn't think of any like historical ones. But anyway, you you should go first. Um, well, yeah, this was hard because there's so there's so many like good ones, and I it depends on my mood too. But the one I kept totally. going back to was Hermione Granger classic of course <laughs> of course it's just yeah i expected that yeah it's just i don't know i just i think she's yeah she's like a so good well-rounded character yeah and i think she can teach like a lot of i think she serves as like a good role model at least she did for me growing mm-hmm. up and reading those books um i was trying to get one for each category like a, a tv show a movie and a book okay like, it was, it was so hard, because I was thinking of, like, the books I've read, and most of the characters I really like are just, like, either, like, douchebags, or, like, really, like, terrible people, you know what I mean? Or, like... Well, those are the most interesting. Like, yeah. So, I did, I, I try to do my categories not in, like, a, oh, which one is my favorite? Like, one, which one, sorry, which one is, like, the best person? Because I just couldn't get it. Um, but I'm, I just read this book that is, like, I feel like it's on the category of, like, one of my new favorite books now because it's, like, I love it. Um, and it's, like, first of all, the book is this, it's called Hopscotch in English by Julio Cortázar, but it's, like, Rayuela in Spanish. Um, and he's one of, like, the most famous Argentine writers ever, and it's a love story about these two, like, an Argentine and an Uruguayan person, but they are in Paris. And it's kind of like the main character, his name is Horacio Oliveira, and he just kind of sucks. Like, he's like the worst person ever. He's such an intellectual, and then he's like kind of rude to the girl, and he's just like so full of himself, but he's just like really interesting because he knows, he has all these like obscure references to things, and and then he'll go off like in tangents in his mind, just like thinking and relating things back to like philosophy and other things. And it's just like, I don't know, I really like him, like I'd love to meet that guy, you know? So I wrote him down. And then for a movie, you know, Mystic Pizza is my favorite movie. If anyone's ever seen it, please, or haven't, please go watch it now. Um, I wrote down Kat from that one. Kat is like the little sister. And her plotline in the movie is just so heartbreaking. And I don't want to say it because 
I, not so good that I haven't seen it yet, but there's this one scene where she just like, it's like she kind of basically grows up all at once for something that happens to her during the movie. And then you see her just like her heartbreak and then you see her like change and want to grow and all these beautiful things happen to her and also terrible things happen to her in the movie and you're just like, oh, I just all have always identified with her the most and I love her. So I also love to meet her in person. So those are my two ones. Um, yeah. Yeah, I always think the best characters are the ones that are like flawed or the ones that aren't necessarily like the nicest because it's just... Yeah. More interesting. More stuff happens. It's true. It's true. And they usually are the ones that go through, like, more of, like, a character development process, you know? Like, they, like, exactly. grow the most or they, you know? Yeah. Which is always great. Character development. Okay. okay. Ooh. All right. Oh, this kind of works. This is a nice little segue into the next one. Favorite performance of an actor ever. Ever. That's Ooh, hard. I didn't answer this one. I haven't written this one down <laughs> yet. I, th- I thought I would wait for you to hear because I, I bet you're going to have a good one. Well, yeah, that's I, I had two that immediately came into my mind. <clears throat> so the first okay. one was um, Cynthia Erivo in The Color Purple on Broadway. Oh, of course. Because she is incredible. She's um, so good. If you're not familiar, The Color Purple is a musical that recently did a revival on Broadway, and it's obviously based on the book by Alice Walker, um, is which is an amazing Broadway? book. No, it, it closed. Um, oh. But Cynthia Erivo won Tony for Best Actress um, last year, and I saw this, and she's just unbelievable. Her voice is just unlike anything I've ever heard, and she just <laughs> delivers this, like, su- this powerful performance it's amazing even if you just you can just go listen to the soundtrack or see her performance at the tony awards it's so good um okay can i just tell my really heartbreaking story related to that yeah so Audrey was like you have to go see the color purple cynthia Rivo is like amazing and then uh, my mom was in town it was over the summer and uh literally i went to go see the the play the day after the tonys like literally the next day after the tonys and I was, like, so stoked because I was, like, oh, they're going to have, like, something for Cynthia because she just won, you know, like, this huge deal. And we went, and we're, like, woo, Cynthia! And then she comes, and then we go, uh, we go, we get the playbill, and then there's, like, a little note. Cynthia Rivo is, like, out in London or something. I was, like, fuck! I was so uh. angry. But I was, like, duh, why didn't I really think about it? Because she was, like, taking a break, obviously, because she just won, like, the best award for, for Broadway. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't get to see her, but I will say I don't know the name of her, but her replacement for that day was, like, amazing. Like, she was literally amazing. Unlike anything I've ever heard before, too. So it was, like, so I was, like, I'm okay with this. And I'll just, like, cry and listen to Cynthia on YouTube or something. Yeah. Yeah, she's so good. And then the other one I have for this category was from a TV show. Um, and it's Sarah Paulson as Marsha Clark in American Crime oh, Story, yes. The People vs. O.J. So Simpson. Good. She's so good. I also am just, like, in love with her, but <laughs> um, her performance as Marsha Clark is just, like, so good. It's on Netflix. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Yeah, you totally should. That mm-hmm. episode is, like, life-changing. Yeah, it's just she just does such a great job of, like, I don't know, really humanizing 
Marsha Clark, who was kind of vilified during the whole O.J. Simpson trial. So, yeah. yeah. And also, like, you might feel like this is such a, like, tired uh, story, but it's not. Like, they, the producers did such a great job of, like, bringing a new perspective on the whole thing. I thought it was great. Um, I see, I don't know about this one. I, I have a few thoughts. One of them I was going to say, um, Meryl Streep in, uh, The Iron Lady, because she's just so fucking good, and I love that role. I don't know. I think it's good. I also thought of Colin Firth. This is, these are all kind of, like, British movies, but, like, Colin Firth in the, um, The King's Speech. The other one I thought of was Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman, because I love that film, and I think she does such a good job in it, too. So, those are all my, my... My comments. Also, everyone in Fun Home ever. I felt like that everyone in that cast was amazing. Yes. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I fully agree. Lovely. Wait, All weren't right. you going to go see it? Is that coming up soon? Oh, it already it came to Minneapolis. It was here in December. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But I saw it so in New York many times. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> many times. Yeah. All right, what's next? Salty Snack and Sweet Snack. Ooh. This one's also oh, hard because smart. I it really depends on my mood, but I chose it most totally. Yeah, for salty snack I chose pretzels with hummus, so mm-hmm. good. And mm-hmm. for sweet snack, I guess this counts because I eat this as a snack. But I just I wrote down cake. Oh yes, <laughs> I so, love yeah. Mesa cake. <laughs> For a salty snack, I wrote anything spicy. I love spice. So, like, literally anything, like, spicy chips or, like, spicy peanuts. I love a peanut, a good peanut. Um, (laughs) Love me a good peanut. uh, Love me a peanut. I don't know. I don't know what else. But that's what I wrote down. I just wrote down spicy. And for a sweet snack, um, I love chocolate. I really do. I love hot chocolate. And I like, well, I don't know if that's a snack. It's like a hot drink, but um, it could be a snack. I love cookies, like chocolate chip cookies and shortbread cookies and sugar cookies <laughs> and all the cookies. Brownies. Oh, oh, oh man. Okay, just not gonna <laughs> Favorite class ever taken. Ooh. Ever. Take it away. You have one? Okay, I'll take it away because I have one. Okay, before I took this class, because this is a class from the semester, my favorite class ever was writing one in freshman year of college. I loved that class. It was great, mainly because of my teacher, who I love. But right now, my favorite class is, um, it's called Queer Cultures and Democracy, and it's basically a comparison class between New York and Argentina. Well, it's like New York and Buenos Aires on, like, their gay activism. Well, not really just gay activism movements, but it's, like, all queer activism movements and it's been so cool like I've, I mean of course I knew like the general timeline of like gay activism and queer activism but we just are going so in depth in everything and then I didn't I mean I knew about queer concept like I knew about you know kind of like in general what like queerness meant but this class has just brought it to a whole new level there's like such a thing as queer studies which is like defining history and everything that's ever happened through a queer's lens and like apparently queer it's just like not even doesn't even mean gay lesbian you know bisexual 
about trans or questioning, like, it's literally just an ideology that says that other types of lifestyles should be allowed and should be made more viable through, like, legal legal terms. You know what I mean? So, for mm-hmm. example, like, queer people might just want to have, like, alternative lifestyles and have those be just as respected as, like, traditional quote-unquote lifestyles. So, like, for example, like, you know how during the AIDS crisis, a bunch of people that were living queer lifestyles that, for example, an example could be, um, like, five different guys living in one apartment. Like, that's a queer lifestyle. Because it doesn't, it doesn't model, like, the typical, traditional, quote-unquote, family. Um, so then a bunch of people were getting AIDS, right? And they were dying, and they were going to the hospital. And then their partners or their friends and their, ho- like, family, basically, the people they lived with, weren't allowed to go into the hospital because they weren't related or they weren't married or whatever. But because they didn't have the rights to do that, you know? But if we, if we like, made alternative lifestyles more viable and more, um, and, like, I guess acceptable legally and gave rights to them, you know what I mean? Um, then that would be like a, that would be like a queer ideology. Anyway, I really went into that, but I just thought it was so cool how there's like all these different, and there's so much literature on it, like there's so much you could read about, you know, queer, queerness and things, and I think it's great. And I also learned that a bunch of straight people can also identify as queer if they believe in the, in this type of ideology, and I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Anywho, it's been awesome, and the readings are just like, amazing and i've read so many books that were on my list already so yeah that's been great nice well the one i wrote down for my favorite class is sort of related it was a gender and performance class that i took last year sophomore year um Mm -hmm. which was basically just we read a lot of like judith butler um and just basically kind of studying the way gender is constructed in the way we perform it every day and the way it's been historically built and and acted out um and it got into like some really gender theories can be very complicated or just the way it's written about is um very um very wordy and um it was just really awesome it was really challenging the professor um ann pellegrini is so smart and amazing and we talked a lot about psychoanalysis too because she's she was like studying to be a psychoanalyst at the time as well um so wait what's that one judith butler butler text about gender performance gender trouble i think that's on my syllabus i think i'm gonna read it it's really good Mm -hmm. i'm stoked i remember you were really into it yeah Right. Okay, take some classes about gender, guys. Okay, Um, activism movement. Favorite activism movement. Oh, there's so many I want to talk about. Yeah. This one is hard for me because obviously it's difficult to kind of separate different movements from one another. Um, So Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I could name just like one favorite because I want to acknowledge that that, like, a movement like feminism, first of all, has many different sort of iterations throughout history and is also mm-hmm. so connected to other movements like the civil rights movement or movements in LGBTQ rights. And it's yeah. hard to, like, separate from those because that's where we yeah, get into I think, a lot I of issues. Like, 
we should like condition this as not like the cause we think is the most important because there's mm-hmm. no way of like hierarchizing if that's a word that like you know what I mean but just like yeah. one movement that kind of stands out to us for like the actions that they did etc cetera, etc cetera. I can start if you if you want to think about yeah, it yeah go for it well, mine has to do with um queer queer rights once again but um so you know act up it's like it's the AIDS movement and it started kind of in like uh, in I think it was 80 the late oh, 80s shit. I don't remember the exact yeah, it was like the middle of the 80s, kind of. Um, and ACT UP was this movement that was started in New York, I think, by a bunch of gay men that were, you know, getting um, AIDS and were dying of AIDS and needed uh, to get, get together and organize because, like, the Reagan administration was just kind of ignoring that there was a problem. Um, and then it started with gay men, but then it literally um, expanded to so many people, like, there were so many lesbians, too, in the movement, there were so many, um, queer people, uh, women, straight women, straight men, and this movement is particularly, like, what I'm, particularly stands out to me, because they just went above and beyond, and they did so many things that were so creative that you never, ever think of doing, like, for example, um, there was, uh, they raided the uh, like Wall Street because the the dr- they came up with the drugs and they were super expensive. Um, and they're basically abusing of, of people with AIDS to to profit off of them. So they like raided Wall Street and they just they did this huge thing and I think the prices went down by twenty percent when they did that. So it was like effective. And then there was another one where they this is really intense. They grabbed their lovers and their the people that they love that died of AIDS their ashes and they threw them on the lawn of the White House when George Bush was president wow so they literally there was over like thousands of people were walking down um the you know DC like by Capitol Hill holding their lovers ashes like it was it's so strong there's videos of this online if you want to look it up and they grab the ashes and they would throw them at the lawn and then scream like their names and then they would have these, you know, giant um, like sound things where they would talk about their lovers and they'd be like, oh, you know, he did this and that and that and and she did this and that and that and then there's a woman that was there throwing her de- her father's ashes. It was just like so sad and so moving. But to think that people would, you know, go to that to those links you know they they these people asked to be thrown in like george bush's white house lawn when they died like that that's how passionate they were about they were about this cause and it was like rightly so because they were you know they went through so much and also act up ended up being like a huge movement for the arts like there was a lot of beautiful like media that came out of that movement there was like a lot of journalism that they did themselves um, they even like because they weren't getting enough coverage on on the news. They went into CVS once, and then there's like this thing where, like the evening news were about to start, and then they were like, "Act up, fight AIDS," and then they were like on basically inside the the recording booth for a second until they like CVS just shut down for a second, and then they did all these amazing things, and then also became like a movement and a huge community group for people, um, and they like became really great friends within the movement. It was just. It did great things, and I love it, and I thought it was mm-hmm. so good, and I did, they deserve a shout-out because oftentimes they don't really get talked about as much. Yeah, that's great. The one um, 
thing I remember seeing about them was they did, like, what they called die-ins, where they would, like, mm-hmm. go, there's a video of one, um, I, it might have, it was some, like, big cathedral, Catholic cathedral in yeah, New York, it's... and they go and they literally, like, lie down in the middle of the aisle and have to be removed on, like, stretchers by, like, the police and, and, like, paramedics, even though they were all fine. It's, like, symbolized the, literally, like, the bodies of people who are dying and the Catholic Church who yeah. is, like, preaching, who is, like, acting against, um, like, reproductive rights and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was at the St. Patrick's Cathedral. hmm Yeah. Well, I guess now... If I, I don't know, there's so many great ones. I, one that's really interesting to me um, is sort of the environmental activism in, like, the mm-hmm. second half of the 20th century. So, like, from the 50s and 60s onward, as people started to kind of realize <laughs> that there was a giant hole in the ozone or um, some, mm-hmm. of, like, a lot of air pollu- effects of air pollution were really being felt. So there were a lot of like, reversal, there were a lot of, um, like, the establishment of the Environmental Protection Agency and, and the Clean Air Act, um, yeah, just all good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, and, and it gets to a point where you just realize how important it is to manifest sometimes, like, all these people try to have peaceful, quote-unquote, dialogues with people in charge, and it came to a point where they just weren't being heard. And it wasn't until they, like, took the streets and made a riot, basically, that they were hurt. And I don't know, it gives me faith that protesting and stuff like that does overwhelmingly, like, create change in a lot of societies. Wait, I want to add another one. Sorry, really fast. I'll make this really fast because we have so many questions to go to. Um, the, there was, like, a... I don't know when this was, but it was a long-ass time ago in Iceland. There was, like, a Day Without a Woman march. Have you heard about this? No. It was, um, oh, I, I need to get the year, but um, they basically, every single woman in Iceland didn't go to work that day and then just left, took to the streets, and they marched. And and this was, like, way before a bunch of movements got started. Like, I'm pretty sure it was a long time ago. Um, and then that resulted in, like, the first woman president of the world being elected, which is in Iceland. Wow. Oh, yeah, it was in 1975. That's That's amazing. That's really cool. All right. Anywho, next question. Favorite overrated painting? Mine is a Starry Night. I I love Starry Night. It really is beautiful. Like, that's mine as well. Like, you see it at MoMA in New York. And it's really just, and go there, and and it's surrounded by people, and people are like taking pictures with it. But if you get a chance to just stand there and look at it in peace, it's so nice. It was a lot smaller than I expected it to be when I first saw it. That's how I felt about the Mona Lisa. Yeah, that was underwhelming when I saw it. I was like, "Mm." okay, favorite documentary. I couldn't think of one. I couldn't think of one either. I mean, I don't watch a lot of documentaries. I love watching things about, like, nature special. But I don't watch as many anymore. Not, yeah, me neither. 
I kind of liked um I this I, I saw this recently. It's called the Where to Colonize Next on Netflix. It's pretty good. It's it's like about like what other countries are doing better than the U.S., which is like everything. Nice. <laughs> That's. Oh, uh, favorite charity. Planned Parenthood. They just do good stuff, like and they kind of need our support right now. So. I agree with that one. I'm going to add um, my friend RJ's charity. This is a humble plug-in. Uh, it's called Lead Palestine. You can go donate. They really need a lot of money right now because they're just starting up. It's like uh, leadpalestine.com, and they are organizing summer camps of uh, to train kids on leadership in Palestine. So great things. Yeah, favorite historical period. Ooh, that's hard. I think it's the 70s for me. Mm-hmm. I, I really like learning about, like, the 1940s and World War Two. Mm. Not that it was a great time for anyone, <laughs> but I think just learning about that history and that point in time is really interesting yeah. for me. I've always loved reading books about it. And, like, I study, you know, I study Latin American history. That's my major. And, uh... The 70s is just such a wild time in Latin America. Like, everywhere was getting, like, uh, government coup d'etats. And, like, literally, like, people were just... It was not a great time, let's just say that. But there was also a lot of movement and activism happening around that time, just like in the U.S. Um, So it's a great time to study. It's a very active time. Oh, favorite world leader. Like, current or historical? I guess it could be any. Ah, that one's hard. I mean, I re- I really admire Eleanor Roosevelt. She wasn't an elected official, but really did a lot during like her husband's presidency and served as sort of his like She's aide. A world leader. Um also, I admire Margaret Thatcher. She kind of she gets a bad rep and yeah. I don't necessarily I don't necessarily agree with like I her policies, but she her. was the first like female prime minister of of the UK, and that's, that's, like, pretty big. Yeah, I like her, too. I think she's great. I mean, I agree with everything you said about her. I really like, uh, the president of Chile right now, Michelle, Michelle Bachelet. She's kind of cool. Her, she has a cool story behind her, like, she's related to, um, I mean, I think her parents were, or her dad was in exile of the dictatorship, um, of Pinochet's dictatorship, and then she kind of came back from exile and then became like the president and she's like she's kind of on the socialist party and she's just really cool and she's a badass lady dealing with a bunch of bullshit from latin america right now so i like her nice all right What's your favorite kind of tree pine trees redwoods nice california i also wrote cherry blossoms i like cherry blossoms oh those are beautiful favorite smell oh i have a lot i'll just list them off Earl Grey tea, lemon, mm. pine, old books, fresh bread, and the wind off a body of water. Oh, <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> I have one, and it's the smell of rain on pavement. <gasps> that's such a good one. Oh, man. Okay, so the, I smelled this the other day. I was outside, and it was raining, and it was just such a, it's such a distinct smell. And whenever I smell it, it reminds me of... Um, my mom used to have this day camp during the summers, and we had, like, pools 
there, and uh, but they were like inflatable pools for little kids, and the and then we would put them on like the basketball court. It was just like an outside basketball court that was all pavement, and I remember that smell of like the water, you know, hitting the pavement, and it's so distinct, and it, it's such good memories. So I love I love when I saw that. Yeah, it's so, it reminds me of summer. Um, my favorite mm-hmm. city is Edinburgh, Scotland. Oh, mine is London. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that city. Uh, biscotti flavor. This is an odd one. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I've, I made biscotti earlier this week and yesterday. I've been making a lot of biscotti because they're just so good to dunk. Um, um, I don't know my... if I have a favorite flavor. I'm not a huge fan. Oh, I love biscotti. Uh, my favorite is orange chocolate. Ooh, Delicious. That's a good combination. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. they have like a hazelnut flavor? I feel like I would like that. Oh, definitely. Basically, you can do any flavor. Okay, I'll do hazelnut for this one. All right. Favorite cake? Cheesecake or lemon cake? Oh. And, sorry. First of all, if this can count as one. Uh, Audrey's Cranberry Pecan Pie. That's my favorite. What? Aw, that's yeah, amazing. I, that. I, like, wait anxiously for things to happen, <laughs> so I can have it. Well, we can make it. When we weren't together, Audrey made it, and then she saved it for me. And when I got back from London, I tried it, and I was like, Ugh. it's still so good. Oh, I man. A whole year. Well, we can make it before Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, I love to. Maybe this summer. Yeah, yes. Um, my oh, favorite cake, well, the best cake I ever had was one that my aunt made for, I think it was my grandpa's birthday. It was like, oh, it's just like a vanilla cake, and then it had a raspberry jam and, like, a white chocolate ganache, and then it, the whole thing was covered in chocolate and almonds. And it was, mm. like, the most amazing thing I've ever eaten. Ugh, so good. Mm, that sounds so good. Okay, we have two more. Woo. Favorite childhood memory. Mm, all of mine have to do with my, like, growing up on my grandparents' farm in Iowa. So I guess mm-hmm. I'll choose. I'll choose just one. We used to play this game called Spotlight. It was basically like flashlight tag at night. <laughs> so you would go. They had like a really great like area to play it. So you'd go and like hide. Um, in the dark, and then you'd try to run to the base, which they're like flagpole, without being caught by the person who would be like going around with the flashlight. It was so fun. So I like have a really great memory of playing that one summer with like a bunch of my cousins and some of my aunts and uncles. And then that same night, we would take, we like took sheets, like white sheets, mm-hmm. and there's like a ditch between um like my grandparents front yard and the the road which is like a highway and we would hide we went like and hid down in the ditch and every single time a car drove by we would like come out and pretend to be ghosts (laughs) which is like something which is something that my mom did with like her siblings on the farm when they were younger so yeah good memories that's so cute i love that oh i have so many and most have to do also with my grandparents house um, in Mexico, they, we, they had such a awesome house, because it was, like, I mean, it was, like, normal in, in size, but the backyard was literally, like, uh, gigantic, like, I don't know if it was because I was young, but I remember it being huge, and they had all these different levels to the backyard, 
So I have all these different games that my cousins and I used to play. We would play this. My grandpa had this huge office that was really nice, and it was at the front of the house. And he wouldn't allow any of our, my cousins and I to go in there. Like, it was like a secret space for just my grandpa. But we had this game where we would section off into two teams, and then we had to make it from from the from like the rooms downstairs up to my grandpa's um, office without and we had to like hid and like hide sorry hide and then get in there it was like so much fun and then one of the teams would have to block us off from getting into the office so we would like literally like wrestle up the stairs to try to make it was just so much fun (laughs) I loved that I loved doing that um but yeah most of my memories are just with my cousins I have so many cousins on my mom's side where it's 20 of us and I was the youngest so all the games had to do with something like that they just like use me for games all the time. Um, <laughs> I felt like I was yeah I was like Aww. beaten up all the time, but yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, this next question is for me. I'm <laughs> um, this question is favorite thing about Audrey. <laughs> We're gonna get so sappy. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I wrote I wrote that my favorite thing about Audrey. Or, like, the thing I like the most about Audrey is the things Audrey likes, if that makes any sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> Audrey has, like, such distinct just taste in things. So, like, as you can see by all her answers for all these questions. I'm just, like, Audrey likes, you know, she loves Harry Potter. She loves Jane Austen. She loves the English countryside. <laughs> she loves, like, she's teaching herself well. She's like, come on. She loves tea. She likes the Great British Bake Off. And all her likes just kind of make up this, like, beautifully, aesthetically pleasing, like, Audrey, like, just, like, I don't know. It's, it, I just love it so much. Like, come on. Think about the English countryside and about Jane Austen and Harry Potter and put this all together and just, like, oh, that's just so Audrey. You lo-. And they're all, like, so, to such calming things. I don't know. I just love that you love all those things. And also, like, whenever I think of Audrey, I just think of, like, of, like, the mist in, like, a forest. Or, like, <laughs> or just, like, the color, like, forest green and, like, light light blue. And that's what her room looks like, too. Like, those are, those are the colors. And I think of, like, trees and, like, the smell of, of, like, of, like, a forest after it's just rained. And that's what I love about you. <laughs> that's, like, the highest compliment I've ever received. <laughs> the smell You're of welcome. forest after it's rained. That's what you are in my life. You are the small forest after it's just rained. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I've told you this before that you are like you are moonlight. Unlike Aww. right? Yeah, you're That's moonlight. So That's what you are. Um, but now Not okay, the, the next movie, one's. Right? No, no, like just like the moon, <laughs> the light in the moon. It is a great movie though. I, I kind of <laughs> um, like that. Ooh, maybe I'll get that tattooed. Oh, the light <laughs> of the moon. Oh, but you're like moonlight and t- and then like a tiger and like a pair of slippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that love makes a pair sense. Of yeah. Okay. I feel like it does. It does. Yeah. Well, what I remember my favorite thing about Maritza is that you are witty. Just like you're just like so obviously so smart, but like you're just very sharp <laughs> and witty and just have a lot of these like these things you say that are just so funny so just like true like I wrote a couple of them down and I look at them every so often they're like my stickies on my dashboard on my lap yeah so someone someone asked you 
what's your favorite part about living in New York? If you remember this. And you were just like, you were like, who asks that? What's my favorite part about living in New York? I don't know, surviving, pooping twice a day. You just say that I don't remember. I don't. That. I don't even remember like something I would say. Yeah, it was just like you have. You don't have time for people's like BS, or you don't have time for like I really don't. things that aren't like win. You know, no, and you just like shut it down with like like witty sayings and stuff <laughs> like that, and I just love that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, thank you. That means a lot coming from you. Yeah. Um. So those are all the questions we wrote down. Well, I feel like the, all those answers give like good snapshots it, into like who we are and what mm-hmm. we care about. Exactly. I thought that was good. Yeah. yeah, this was a fun episode to do. I hope you would all enjoy listening to it, and it's not yeah, just I us hope it's like fun ranting to to. about ourselves. Because it's definitely fun to make because you just get to talk about yourself the whole time. But yeah, I hope it's fun to listen <laughs> too. I love that's what we're best at. Um, Yep, talk about ourselves. Well, thank you so much for tuning in once again and for being patient with us. Also, if you have any ideas for episode topics, please comment them on our or any of our posts, like on our Facebook or SoundCloud or on our email. Uh, murder. What's our email again? Murderweather at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Perfect, yeah. Please send us some stuff because um, we're a little, we're like lacking creativity right now for a topic. We do have some some ideas. Yeah. And we hope to be back soon with like a, a smaller gap in between episodes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's my spring break next week, so I'm doing a bunch of traveling and I'm planning to do something around that. So be uh, prepared and excited for that too. Should be good. Ooh. Thank you all for right. sticking with us this far. And we love you all. We hope you have a great day and great week. This has been murder weather. Out.